In Python, before we had data classes, we had adders. Before adders, well, it wasn't pretty. The story of adders and data classes is actually intertwined. They've built onto each other. And in the middle of all of it, Hinnick. Hinnick joins the show today to discuss some of the history of adders and data classes. If you've ever needed to create a custom class in Python, you should listen to this episode. This episode is sponsored by Rollbar. Rollbar is the leading platform that enables developers to proactively discover and resolve issues in their code, allowing them to work on continuous code improvements throughout the software development lifecycle. Rollbar has plans for all situations, from free to large enterprise. With Rollbar, developers deploy better software faster and can quickly recover from critical errors as they happen. Learn more at rollbar.com. Welcome to Test and Code. Welcome, Hennick, to Test and Code. Uh, I'm super happy to have you on the show. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Well, so I wanted to talk about adders, and things have been crazy. Um, and you, you've been involved with adders for a long time, but you started it, right? Yes, I did. Uh it was like a second generation project after characteristic, which nobody remembers anymore, which is okay. And it was just born out of my frustration how complicated it was to write properly behaving classes in Python. Because like, I needed them from another project of mine called Service Identity, where I needed polymorphism to um, verify identities between um, certificates and host names and these things. And I yeah. found it really frustrating, especially because I was working with other languages at that time. It was much easier to have a properly working, let's say, struct in Go or even in Haskell for that matter. So I tried to automate the boilerplate away. And that's how characteristic happened, which had a terrible API, which I am ashamed now for. It also, <laughs> it's also a very, very long name, um, which is why the original address APIs were, let's say, on a terse side. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. Yeah. And like weird too. Um, I mean, you know, cool, but it's, it was shocking to me. But I, what, before we get into that, I want to mention that I came from the C++ world and, um, and I was surprised from uh, starting using classes in Python, how different it was. It wasn't, I mean, I'm used to the like the C++ compiler filling in a whole bunch of stuff automatically for you. And a lot of that just doesn't happen uh, with the Python classes. Or or maybe I just don't understand. Does like uh, does it? I mean, what, what do you get for free with Python? Yeah, basically nothing. That's the thing, right? Uh, and the, the problem was not a secret because people were using this, uh, this weird... Um, hacks using name tuples where you just create a name tuple and then subclass it to add behavior to it. Uh, there's this, this example in, in the Python documentation. So people were always pining for some kind of nicer way to write classes. But yeah. uh, there was just nothing. You just had to implement all those dunder methods or you forgot about them and then you got a weird, weirdly behaving class. 
Yeah, I never thought about like subclassing name tuples. I I would use them and then uh um they almost did everything I wanted, but I'd wanted like default values. So there was a like you could overwrite the default values. Uh just technique to do that. It's weird though. Yeah, but just add a method to a name tuple. You have to subclass it. Like Okay. So the um, moment you want behavior, you you are uh you don't have a chance unless you <laughs> and it's yeah it gets weird very fast and it seems sounds of such a foundational thing so this is why I've started this project. Okay, so like on a like elevator pitch level, Adders does that stuff for you, right? So uh, um, if you if you use Adders, you can create a class. So what do you do? Do you like decorate a do a class anyway and decorate it? How do you use Adders? Yes, it's a class decorator, which nowadays is a much more common site in Python than it was uh, back in 2015 when I started it. And it will, depending on the way it works, because the current APIs are closer to what data classes do, but uh, it used to be just you just defined fields on in the body of the class by assigning them a certain value and adders would collect them and then write the code for you. Okay. And, th- and this was all before type hints were a thing too, right? That was very much before uh, type hints were a thing. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. sometimes people like compare this 2015 APIs to something new and it's just... <laughs> And it's like not fair, right? Because those new APIs are not possible. They were not possible. And once they were possible, we did add them to Adders too. So like Adders actually shipped those type annotations before data classes were out. Okay. So let's uh, go back to a little some early um early adders. Was this, was it picked up by a lot of people? Was it, were people excited about it? Um uh, so there was a certain certain following that was there from day one. People like who are more into having proper, uh, say, class design, and uh, were turned off by like the omnipresent God objects uh, or hacks around name tuples. And I think it was like in 2016 when Glyph wrote his article called um, "The One Python Library Everybody Needs." Or something like that. Well, that's a nice title. Yeah, and after that, it it went pretty big. Yeah, uh, so I should credit Glyph too because uh, it's also his fault. Those APIs, like uh, we both use characteristic, we both were frustrated by it, and we had like this uh, unhinged chat, uh, which was very early in my morning and very late at night for him. And we just tried to come up with shorter, nicer APIs. And one of those ideas was to make the module name ex- uh, callable, which didn't make it in the end product. But if you think that adder.s is crazy, you should have seen what we were experimenting with. Yeah. So when I started trying out adders, um, there was, yeah, there was a, you decorate it with attr.s for adders. And then, yes. and then you define uh, your, your very, you, variables inside class variables are attributes so they are attr.ib it's clever but it's um and it's kind of fun to type the first few times and then you're like this is kind of weird it's like a little different than a lot of other stuff 
But the th assumption was always, and it was a correct assumption, by the way, that you are gonna type it a lot of times. So you want a name that is uh, somewhat short, but still meaningful. Like I didn't want to, and um, the, the nice thing with the original address was really that you just imported one name, that that adder, right? And then everything you did was bound to that package name. Like you had always explicit. Uh, fully qualified uh, symbol names to everything you called in, with an adders. So it was in a way it was self-documenting. That, so that was a nice property actually if you get if you could get behind that. Uh, yeah. there were there were always like these um, serious business aliases how we called them, which were just like uh, written out names so you could import them from adder. What was funnier though is that some people um, I think they just didn't get the puns. And they liked, <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people don't didn't get the puns. Some got really angry about that. That's another thing. But some didn't get it. But they really liked those short names, so they imported yeah. the short names from <laughs> Adder. So, so they did like from Adder import S and IB, and they did like this at S class whatever, and then <laughs> defined an attribute by calling IB, which <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> That's terrible documentation. Uh... That but if your company is full of that, and if it's your company style, why not, right? Like it, it's like a central thing, so you get used to it. But it yeah, is, sure. it is something to behold. Well, it's even less typing, right? So IB is it's less done, than. Yeah. Do we still have the same interface? Is that still exist? Uh, the the interface still exists because we okay. almost never break backwards compatibility. Wow. Okay. Uh, because. To come back to your question, like uh, Adders currently has 105 million downloads per month. 105 million? Yeah. So it, it is like solid in the top 30 of all download uh, modules on PyPI. Too bad you're not charging for it. Yeah. Like, give me one, <laughs> one cent per download, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not really vain about this because I'm fully aware that a lot of that comes through third party dependencies. Like, Adders was a good way to have good classes in your own package in a way okay. that is independent from your Python version. For example, PyTest is using adders internally. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. One of the biggest users, actually. So like uh, 40 million of those 105 millions are from, from PyTest alone. So, <laughs> And uh, okay, so in both adders are, and PyTest are, are an example of, a, of packages that you can use that you can, you can use decorators and just Forget that you're using decorators. You don't have to know how decorators work. They just work. They just help you in these cases. I think you're right that people are more used to decorators now than they. Yeah, I'm also especially meant class decorators because there's a lot less used than function decorators. I guess that's true, but I don't write yeah. very many classes. I mean, I guess yeah. <laughs> partly because of the the initial shock of trying to trying to write classes when I first started Python and having it not be as obvious but also uh, python's fairly modular anyway a lot of the design patterns and stuff that i was used to that i that are necessary in c because it's just c or c plus plus because it's just one giant namespace are not the same with uh, with python with python a module is its own namespace so it's there's less need for it i guess mm. but but for actual data stuff you'd still need classes or structs or something yeah i think 
Yeah, this is something I also really believe in uh, that is kind of controversial is that I use classes only for data. Not that I don't use methods, I do, I absolutely do. But I'm not a fan of like using classes for namespacing, what you just basically said that you are not doing either. It's like some people like it to just put things into classes to give them another namespace, and I don't see the point really. Right, but it is like almost necessary in some other languages. Yes, I think that's that's why people kept doing it, right? So a yeah. lot of things in Python where you just wonder why are people doing that? All oh, right, <laughs> they came from other languages. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, the time uh, where Python is the first language of almost everybody is actually a quite recent development, right? Very true. We were talking about the .s and .ib syntax, but things have changed, right? You can do things a different way now. Do you have a different name for the new interface, the new API? Well, that's more more or less like a two-step thing, right? So after I helped with uh, getting data classes happen together. Oh, yeah. I jumped too far forward. So right. you were involved with data classes, right? Yes, I was. Uh, Guido emailed me after I announced uh, Adder's release, and I've met with him and Eric Smith uh, to hammer down the rough design of data classes. So that work's been that work was going on for quite a while then. Well, we've met at at PyCon. I want to say twenty seventeen. Okay. Yes, PyCon twenty seventeen, and I believe Python three point seven came out. At the end of the year or something, so basically half a year, I want to say. It was data classes in three seven or three eight. I can't remember. Three seven. Three seven. Okay. Yeah. So so basically, uh, after the design was uh, decided on, people just came to Adders and implemented the same design for Adders, except that we did one thing which I kind of regret is that um, for Adders to look at class body annotations, which is the data class way, right? You write your class and you write x, colon, and then, for example, int for integer. Yeah. So you don't have to call any functions in a class body. And so we didn't want to collect them by default because we were afraid to break someone's code who was adding type annotations to the class bodies for different reasons. So you always had to pass like an argument to the adder.s called auto attributes equals true. Uh, okay. Um, as an Easter egg, we've also added a function alias for this concrete call, which was adder.data class, <laughs> which was never <laughs> documented, but people immediately found it and started using it, which was kind of funny to us. <laughs> so. This is the first step. So, um, because to come back to your question, now this is like now everything just looks weird because these names don't make really sense anymore. You have to pass this argument into the editor.s. So it everything got ugly again, and we tried to get it pretty again. And instead of breaking backwards compatibility or doing some weird stuff to the .s, we decided to create new APIs with different names, with better names and better defaults. And it were, that's the new uh, add, define, and field uh, function calls. Define class and field if you need to do customization to your fields in the body, just like you would do it with data classes. 
Okay, so uh, we would do, um, so I do from adders import define and import field if I want field also. Yeah, you've just jumped one more step ahead. So first it was, it was uh, still in adder because we wanted to get these APIs right. We wanted to see how people are gonna use. We wanted to see if we need to make them any better. So at the beginning they were provisional and then um, we waited or I procrastinated for a while and then i've introduced the new adders namespace because the editor without an s namespace made no sense anymore because we didn't do the cute things with editor.s .ib. and we also uh -huh. had a lot a lot more symbols within the namespace when we started out we didn't know we are gonna add so many more things to adders like converters validators um yeah you name it so there's many more features and it just looked weird to us so uh, last December, I finally pulled the plug and added a secondary, well, you could say new primary module name to the adders package. And now you can import from adders. So you can write from adders, import, define, from adders, import field. Okay. So one of the things, so I don't, if I, to, to give it the type, I don't have to use, uh, it's just a type hints, right? For the type of right. the variable now. But you then, only need the field if you want to specify, like um, exclude the field from init or something like that. Like okay. you, you only need it rarely. How about for default values? Is that just the, is that the same as uh, that? Classes, yeah. You just assign them. Nice. It's a pretty cool history, actually. It isn't really adders versus data classes. You were involved with both, and both kind of feed off of each other, right? Yes, definitely. Most of the animosity be between the projects just came from the outside, and it was very annoying like to live through that. <laughs> but it's not like, like I was fighting with Eric Smith or something, right? Like Eric was is one of the most wonderful people I know. He always credited, credited us. He credited me specifically. Um, my name is in the pep, address is in a pep, and yet people just, yeah. So are there things that didn't go in data classes that you kind of wish had, or are you pretty happy with how that turned out? Data classes are a strict subset of what address does. Uh, it's missing some of its features, which some of which I like, but there's no reason for me to be unhappy about it because there's address, right? Like if you, yeah. if I if I want my special features, I, I have always <laughs> address to use. Um, I have used data classes before, especially in my other public projects to save myself a dependency. For example, in Argon 2 CFFI, I'm, I'm using data classes for data. Yeah. Um, there's a few things that I missed there, but yeah, whatever. It's just a light version of Edders. <laughs> One of the things that I, I found I used, well, actually both, both of them have the feature that I love um, is being able to exclude um, elements from equality testing. Right. One of the things that's not in data classes that you have in adders is is validation. Can you tell me what validation is and how it works in adders? At its core, it's, you can just specify a validator but, uh, as an argument to the adder.ip or adders field function call. So this is, that would be a reason to use those. And you just pass a callable that gets called with, uh, among others, the new value that is supposed to be passed into this field. And you can raise an error or you can do whatever you want in that validator. 
So Adders come with comes with a bunch of them. Um, for example, like is instance thing. So you can just make sure that that only objects of a certain type are passed into this class, and if they're wrong, it's just gonna explode. But I have to be honest that I don't use this as much. Um, okay. What I use a lot more, and what's also not in other classes, are converters. Oh, okay. Which allows you to just specify, a, again, a callable, just a function, that is going to get called with a new value. So, for example, if you want to make sure that a field is an integer, but you want to let the user pass anything they want that can be cast to an integer, you just specify a converter int. There you go. Then whenever it's assigned, it's, it's going to get called with int on the value. If it's an int, it stays an int. If it's a, if it's a string, it's going to be converted to an int. This is really, that can be really useful like for small stuff. When we set up the type anyway, doesn't it automatically do that? I mean, because I'd say that like x is an int, for instance. If somebody... No, neither, neither data classes nor adders do anything about those um, annotations by default. Oh, okay. And there's always someone coming up and saying, yeah, why don't you use those type annotations to do type validation? And the problem here is that um, this only works for very simple cases. And the moment, for example, if you have a list of something or uh, something like that, it gets very complicated and you, and you have to develop like... I don't know how to call it, like almost like a meta language like Pydentic has, which is not the, the pure type annotations, but it, you need more expressiveness to express those kind of things. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we, neither data classes nor others do that. Um, and converting is something else either, right? So um, just because it has a type doesn't mean that you automatically convert it to that type. So you could so within your converter also you could check what the type is of that you're getting called with and yeah you could do something different based on different types yes one of the longest running bugs on address um, address bug tracker is the unification of validators and converters because they are really the same thing except that one thing returns a value and the other one doesn't but yeah we still haven't <laughs> you'd have to come up with a new name then if if you combine them. Uh, yeah, there's so many ideas, <laughs> but there's still nothing we are really happy with, so we just leave it and wait until something better comes up. Well, so are there cases where you'd want like to have the same function do both the converter and the validator? Or yeah, you can also do, do things like pipelines, right? Like you uh, call multiple functions on top of the um, of the new value. For example, for validators, you can already pass um, a list of validators that are that are executed oh. in turn. So there's ways to, to compose those things, but there's always been some edge case that made uh, some certain, a certain uh, solution unappealing. So, and also, yeah, I don't have unlimited time. So Is adders done or is there stuff going to be developed in the future for adders? So the thing is that I use adders in all of my projects, like professional projects. So adders is not going to be done as long as I'm using it and as long as I have needs for it. Yeah, I th okay. I think the one thing I'm proud of is that adders now is like seven years old and has reinvented itself again and again, just 
along with the Python community. It just kept evolving and keep, kept adopting new features, new ideas. And I don't know how long I can keep up with that, right? Maybe I'll just uh, have to start a new job at some point and um, <laughs> I just won't use it anymore. Right? I won't have as much time anymore. That can always happen. But as long as I use it, I think it's safe that I will keep running it and I will try to make it as nice as possible for myself. Well, that's wonderful. Well, help, let's hope that you keep having to use it then. Um, I'm I'm using it more and more because of um, actually because of the new uh, API. I love it. I love the new API. I'm very uh, happy to hear it. <laughs> it's it's very clean, uh, um, and like you said, for the most part, um, I it's a it's a simple makes classes simple. I do the the from adders import define define the class, and then. That's it. it. I don't have to do much else. And if if I need it, something I haven't actually looked into the the converters. I'll have to play with those. Um, and the the mo the thing that I usually pull in field for is just to exclude something from the equality test, right, um, or something like that. But there's other there's a whole bunch of stuff in field, to, so people should check out all the all the the API for field has a quite a few things that. You can... <laughs> oh yeah, it does. <laughs> So there's the one thing though, uh, like I like converters for simple stuff, but there's always, for as long as errors exist, been a certain pressure to make it more powerful when it comes to serialization, deserialization, and decomposition of data. And this is something that we emphatically do not want to do. We want to give you a great way to write powerful classes. Okay. And um, to do this advanced stuff because we don't think that this uh, serialization, deserialization, and these uh, topics do not belong into the core models of your code. We believe that uh, this is a separate, separate issue that should be also treated separately. So one of our um, so currently the Python Adders project has only two projects in it, or the Python Adders organization has two projects in it. One is Adders, obviously, and the second one is Cadders. Oh, okay. and, and Cadders is specifically meant for this kind of work where you just can construct and deconstruct complex data into classes and out again. I'll have to check that out. Python Cadders? Cadders is for you to describe data as you expect it and, um, and parse it for you and vice versa. So basically, if to give you on a popular example, uh, adders plus cadders is somehow equivalent to pydentic. Okay. But in our case, we keep that separate, those two concerns, because we don't think that they should be meddled into one thing. Oh, I like that. Because there's a lot of times where I don't need all that other stuff. I've For simple cases, I've got a simple class, so I could use either data classes or I could use adders. I thought there was something different about slots. Uh, so this is a very good example because uh, slots have traditionally not been part of data classes, but they've been added recently. I think it was in 3.10. So that means that if you are maintaining a package, like an open source package, you have to deal with different feature sets between those uh, between Python versions. Right, like if you okay. have, so if if your package is supposed to work with Python three point nine and Python three point ten, 
you have one Python version that has slots and one that doesn't. With <laughs> add- okay. Right. So either you don't use slots or you you add some complexity to deal with this. Uh, with, with Address, you don't have this problem. Like if you have a certain version of Address and this version has the same features wherever it's possible. Does Address use slots, Ben? Yes. Is it something you have to configure? Uh, yes, the new APIs do have slots on by default because we think that's a good thing. Yeah, that was it. Um, and then data classes are off by default. Yes, right? and they also just added it. It's like it's super new. Okay. Yeah, and so in the slots, the slots confused me at first. Correct me if I'm wrong. I use slots because I don't want somebody to add extra fields later. Um, is that a bad use for it, or am I getting it completely wrong? I I don't believe in uh, paternalizing my users. So um, <laughs> I for me that someone is me. I don't want to assign some stuff to my classes by accident. I want to be very explicit what fields exist. Yeah. And then if I mistype a t- uh, mistype um, an attribute name, I want to get an error, and not just accidentally just assign to a different name and then something is none and then I get an attribute error or something and I have to debug what's going on. So that's one thing. Um, it has other upsides too because slotted classes are useless memory and they're also a bit faster. Okay. So in general, it's a good idea, in my opinion, to make your classes slotted unless you need to do something with them that uh, you have some specific needs. But we think yeah. it's a good default. Yeah. So my first my first interaction with slots, I th- I thought, um, okay, so these are a cool thing to have around for advanced cases, and and now I'm totally on board with um, they're not a they're not an advanced feature at all. They should always be used, uh, unless um, unless you have a reason not to. Because yeah, you could say that the other not having slots is actually a food gun. So I yeah you, you could you could say that's the advanced thing right because you remove a safety feature from your class. Uh, any other cool things that we should know about adders before we uh, wrap things up? <laughs> There's probably tons of cool stuff about adders. Sometimes I just forget what it does by seeing what others don't do. I think one interesting thing is what's happening right now is PEP six eight one zero, which is about it's called like the data class transform PEP. And they are trying to standardize the a way to define data class like toolkits, so um, so that such that they can be universally or uniformly u- used by IDEs. So this is coming from Microsoft, from the VS Code team, mostly from the okay. Pylons people, and um, it's an interesting pep because it, um, it it's mostly written around data classes address and pydentic so these are the main use cases currently i'm not 100 happy with uh the things they left out from address but it's kind of nice to have uh this kind of support in a, in mainstream okay data class transforms that's a standards track uh for 311 cool i'll have to keep watching for that but um the final thing i want to say is that i think everybody that is happy with data classes needs to thank you also and basically working with classes is better now in python than it was when i started using python uh so thank you it's great thank you i appreciate it i do consider it a big achievement of mine even if nobody knows but <laughs> it, it's really like I've, I've left an imprint let's say that 
Yes, you've, you've made the world a better place. Thank you. Thank you, Hinnick. I really like the new API and your positive influence on Python. Thanks for talking with me. Thank you, Rollbar. With Rollbar, developers deploy better software faster. Learn more at rollbar.com. And thank you. Thank you for listening. Now go out and remember to have some fun while coding. <laughs>